My name is Rosemary and my URL is rosemaryorchard.com. Welcome to My URL Is. I'm your host, Eddie, and with me today is Rosemary Orchard. Thanks for joining us, Rose. Hi, Eddie. Great to be here. I'm super excited to have you join us today. I, you know, been following you on micro.blog for a while and listened to some of the different podcasts you're on. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. For those who might not know you, uh, if you just want to introduce yourself and let them know who you are. Okay. Well, uh, as you mentioned, my name is Rosemary Orchard. That is a real name, I promise you. I write about and uh, podcast about automation primarily. I have a podcast called Automators with David Sparks. And I write in lots of places on the internet, including my own blog. As you mentioned, I'm on microblog as well, which is my miniature social feed, essentially. I also write for Mac Stories in the Suite Setup as well. Awesome. How did you discover the IndieWeb? So I heard an episode of Mac Power Users where Mantum was on and he was talking about micro.blog. So I did what everybody probably did after the show. I signed up for a two-week trial and then promptly forgot all about it until I got the message to say that my free trial had ended. At which point it was like, oh, right. Hmm. Well, as I haven't tried this, you know, I'm not quite ready to put my money down. wonder if there's a free way to do this stuff. And then I started digging into the whole, like, stuff behind it and you know, trying to find out how I should correctly format my posts and everything. And I mean, I host my my website on something called Grav, which is a flat file CMS. It's somewhere between Jekyll and WordPress for people who are very techy and know what all of that means. And so I, I decided, you know, I, I can make this work. I'm, I'm a developer. This is this will be fine. And I got stuck in and it probably still doesn't work exactly how it's supposed to. <laughs> but uh, it was a, a really interesting way of finding out, you know, about this side of the Internet and being able to post something on my blog and have it appear on somebody else's um, as a link. You know, that that's wonderful. And that immediately grasped me because it's like I have my own website because I want to put my content somewhere. Um, so, you know, why can't I put comments there, too? Well, I can. You haven't been really part of the indie web as a community for too long. Um, I know you just kind of recently started hanging out in the indie web Slack and IRC chat rooms and everything. Um, but so far, what has stuck out to you about the indie web as you've kind of been joining in with that? How nice everybody is. So there's so many open source things out there and people, if you ask them, will happily take the time to explain things to you. Like I messed up formatting the wiki the other day, like really, really badly. I accidentally like removed the content of somebody else's profile for them. And <laughs> there were plenty of people who are ready to help me fix it. Thankfully, a clipboard history rescued me. I'd cut his his profile because I wanted to use it as a basis for my own. And then I accidentally put my own stuff in there. Um, so uh, it was quite easy to just go back into my clipboard history and put his stuff back where it was supposed to be and then go back to editing my own profile. But yeah, everybody's really nice, which is definitely, you know, something that's important. If you if you want a community of people to hang out with us, we've seen Twitter and Facebook and oh my gosh, Google Plus is basically just spam. Um, you know, you, you need nice people. And I, what I, you know, what I've really liked about it is, you know, how much there is as a resource out there. And if there isn't something, then you can create it and add it to the wiki. And, you know, people will consider adding it to their own uh, websites if if they really think it's a good thing and have a an adult like discussion with you. It's not toddlers throwing toys out of their pram because they didn't get their own way all the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I agree. That's something that really stuck out to me too when I got involved with the indie web is just 
people are always having conversations and brainstorming, whether it's technology stuff or interface stuff, and everyone just kind of, you know, gets along. I mean, obviously, sometimes, you know, we're all people, so we ruffle each other's feathers, but like everyone wants to kind of mend it mm-hmm. if we um, get off base and things like that. So it's definitely a great part. Yeah, definitely. It's it's just uh, amazing to see, you know, like what people, how people are communicating about things and going, oh, right. Well, I personally wouldn't do it this way, but I would be interested in looking at it like that. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is the sort of group of people that I want to hang out and spend my time with, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking about hanging out and spending time with, um, have you attended any indie web events or do you look forward to attending any ones? Uh, I partially attended Indie Web Camp New York online, uh, which was quite recently. And that was great fun because I decided, I don't know, about like four days before that, that I'm going to Indie Web Camp in Nuremberg. Awesome. And so I, I just decided that I was going to do it. And I booked my train ticket and I booked my hotel and I booked my plane ticket to get home because somehow flying home is cheaper than the train. And uh, then it was like, I have literally no idea what's going to happen here. <laughs> okay, well, um, you know, apart from spending a weekend hanging out with some people who sound pretty cool, I should probably figure out, you know, what's going on here. So I decided that I would attend uh, Indie Web Camp New York Online, which was the f- Friday and Saturday. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't attend the Saturday or a large chunk of it because I was uh, working on part of my master's degree, which does still need to be done on the side. Um, so I, I missed some of what they were doing on Saturday. But I did get to see the presentations, and that was definitely very exciting to see all of these things that people have produced, from making their own website to trying to get started with badges, um, which it sounds like it's going to be a great project once it gets off the ground, but it needs a bit more work than a few hours than they had on the on the Saturday there. Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting because, like you said, Saturday tends to create two things. It tends to create... Um, like short little things that people have been thinking about for a while and they brainstorm and they kick it out like the indie web web ring was created on a Saturday um, as part of the indie web summit. Mm-hmm. But then you have other ideas that people brainstorm and they might experiment with, but then um, never gets done at the indie web camp. For example, nowadays we have a, like new social readers that are being built mm-hmm. over the last year. And those started on a Saturday at the 2017 Indie Web Summit. But, of course, it's taken months and months for people to develop them. Yes. I have to say, the Indie, the indie Web readers are something that I... That's one of the things that I'm actually really interested in. Because I love the idea of, you know, I can read an article and I can immediately post a comment about it, um, you know, without having to log into a CMS or in my case, uh, I have a shortcut which allows me to post from the command line on my iPad. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it would be a bit of work to set that up, being able to do that via a uh, reader. Um, that for me is really interesting. And of course, being able to host it myself, you know, everybody knows that Google Reader went away or I suppose a lot of people do. And that's always sort of been in the back of my mind with all these other services. Like, are they going away? But if I host part of it myself at the very least, then it's not going anywhere, at least not yet. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That's um, knowing that something can't just shut down tomorrow um, is a a big reassurance as well as the fact that, like you said, um, 
previously it's been like, oh, you can read this over here or you can post this over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ability to just read stuff and interact with it was really limited to Facebook and yeah. Twitter and everything. Though I have to say being able, like part of the indie web is having things like Bridgie, which allows me to, if I tweet about my blog post, I can add that as a syndication link on my website. And then any replies to that can still come into my website. And I like that, but not everybody implements that. And of course, if there's an article that I want to share on my blog, then I have to create a link post with, um, you know, a com- uh, a quote and then a comment um, and so that people can see it. So, because otherwise, you know, it's just a case of, okay, well, I'm, I made, might have just posted that on Twitter or, you know, maybe I posted it on Mastodon, though I have a shortcut that allows me to post it on my microblog and Mastodon at the same time at the very least. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I saw that pop up the other day. So I'll have to include a link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to be able to do both those things. Because I know Mastodon's been kind of blowing up recently. And so people are finding out where they kind of find themselves between the website, um, you know, kind of hybrid like IndieWeb and then Mastodon. Some people have just chosen to like go create a Mastodon account. Other people mm-hmm. have been experimenting with actually making their website interact with Mastodon. So it's interesting to see how that is kind of working itself out. Yes. Yeah. I'm very interested in the making my website itself kind of into a Mastodon federated instance without having to just do Mastodon um, on it because I, I want a little bit more control and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting to see what people are doing there at any rate. Yeah, definitely. And when we talked about the IndieWeb camp, I noticed was interesting is you mentioned you wanted to kind of know what to expect at the IndieWeb camp you're going to attend. So you watched the New York one online. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting pattern because that's actually what I did as well. I watched... Uh, I think the Texas and maybe the summit um, before I attended the IndieWeb Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would encourage anyone who's listening to this that is like thinking about going to IndieWeb camp and might be nervous, um, follow Rose and Mai's example mm-hmm. and just stream one online before. <laughs> Yeah, and you don't even have to attend one live because um, on the Indie Webcamp YouTube, of course, there's a bunch of videos. So after, um, actually, I think it was there was a quiet period at Indie Webcamp in uh, New York. Oh, lunchtime, that was it. They went out to lunch. <laughs> um, sorry, different time zones. I was like, why did they go quiet? Oh, yeah, they, they went to eat lunch. Um, I started watching some of the stuff from Indie Webcamp Nuremberg last year, um, which was really helpful because I actually recognized some people who are going to be there again this year already. So I oh, kind of feel awesome. like I know them in some ways. And it, on, in some cases, I'm guessing maybe some people listening won't get a chance to attend an indie web camp because it's too far away or, you know, they have work or family commitments. So, you know, you can still attend these things online, uh, which is easier to do, especially perhaps if you have kids or something that you need to look after where well, you can be watching at the corner of your eye while putting together pieces of Lego. It's a great way to sort of figure out like, you know, what people are doing here and just to see what people do do it stuff like this you know i i mean i know how to program but i watched aaron's uh, video from i think it might have been baltimore where he made a micropub endpoint in 30 minutes yeah yep that was baltimore <laughs> yeah and i was there going well i already have an endpoint but i'm just gonna kind of program along and make my own as i go <laughs> so it was good fun <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so is there any 
thing that you've noticed? Any changes that you would hope to see in the indie web community um, over the next year? Um, I don't know, because I, I really am very new to it. What I would really like somewhere is just like a checklist that I could download and go, okay, right, I should do this stuff to my to my website to make it more friendly. Um, and a pet. You know, the wiki is great because it's like, okay, well, you could use this micropub endpoint or this micropub endpoint or this micropub endpoint. But for some people, I'm pretty certain that choice is going to be like, whoa, what, like, how do I pick one? Um, and in my case, I, I use Grav rather than anything more standard. So it was a case of, okay, what is similar to my CMS so that I can pick something to go with it? So maybe you just, you know, like a, hey, I'm completely new to this. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm you know, technologically inclined, what do I do? Like, tell me exactly what to do. Because after you've got it set up and running and you can see the problems with your setup, you know, it would be easier to go back in and go, okay, well, I'm currently using this micro endpoint and it's doing this, which I don't like. So let me go and make this change. Um, and I can switch maybe to a different micro endpoint or I could write my own. And I think, you know, having a, a starter kit perhaps would be a, a nice way to get people uh, involved without them necessarily needing to go to a webcam or something because I know some people who go to webcams other people there are really friendly and just help them get everything set up which is great but maybe you don't have that option so just having like a do this guide would be useful oh definitely um because we were just talking about at the indie web organizers meetup um and who knows, maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but uh, we're basically talking about creating like three different workflows on mm -hmm. getting introduced to the indie web. And one that's like, I just want to get started. Another one that's like, I want to get my WordPress involved in the indie web. And a third, which is, I want to do it myself, DIY. What are the steps I need to do to become indie web compatible? Yeah, see, I would have gone with the second one, though. In my case, a WordPress guy would have been like, not going to help me here. So uh, maybe a WordPress and a Jekyll guide or something, because uh, a lot of things are very similar to Jekyll, at the very least. So you can modify them to work for yourself, which is how I got started. Um, but that sounds very, very useful, uh, I have to say. I, I like the idea of, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just want to, you know do something that works and then when they get a little more into it maybe they'll go further or maybe they'll just stay with that it doesn't matter providing they're happy right yeah definitely it's interesting you touch on that because the last episode that um, i just released recently was the interview with aaron and one of the things aaron really wants to do is get tutorials set up that seems to be a common refrain going through is we have a lot of information on the wiki, but it's not distilled into like actionable steps for people who have just arrived. And so I think that's a that's a great change we can make over the next year. Yeah, I think that would be really helpful. And of course, you know, like people like myself will be willing to contribute and be like, hey, I use the CMS that very few people use. But there are a couple of us out there, you know, in, in web using it. I know Jeremy Charfus is another one. And both of us obviously want to use our existing CMS to make this more friendly. Some people maybe don't want to switch to another one. So, you know, more guides of just like, I have this, how do I make it work would definitely be useful and of course the indie web community as i've seen is great so i'm sure everybody's gonna contribute a little something at the very least yeah definitely the indie web community is working to make it easy for everyone to take ownership of their online identity we believe that people should own what they create the indie web is as independent as it is collaborative projects are driven by individuals but accessible to everyone 
As a loose-knit collective of developers, writers, designers, and activists, we work to create the technology that runs the independent web. As Rose and I have talked about, the IndieWeb organizes free, accessible events around the world to discuss, implement, and build the independent web movement. From monthly local meetups to the annual IndieWeb Summit, by supporting the IndieWeb, you are helping invest in a future of the internet where individuals are in control of their identity. The IndieWeb is a loose-knit collective, and most projects are funded by individuals that make them. However, we do have some costs to maintain hosting, server, domain registration costs, and more for our community projects, such as IndieWeb.org, where the wiki is hosted, IndieAuth.com, IndieWebify.me, WebMention Rocks, MicroPub Rocks, WebSub Rocks that are testing suites, as well as MicroPub.net, WebMention.net, and more. If you feel encouraged or empowered by the IndieWeb, I encourage you to become a monthly sponsor for as little as $5 a month or give a one-time donation. You can find out more about how to sponsor the IndieWeb at IndieWeb.org forward slash sponsor. So I know we've talked a little bit about this, but what powers your website and um, kind of what IndieWeb technologies you currently have built into it? Because it sounds like you do have a micropub endpoint. So what does your tech setup look like that way? Okay, well, right now, even though I've started writing my own micropub endpoint, I haven't quite got there yet. So I am using a modified micropub endpoint, which was originally written for Jekyll, um, which was created by somebody whose GitHub username is Voxpelly. Um, and that's really good. Uh, it was quite easy to modify to work for Graph. I just had to modify the path a little bit. And uh, additionally, I found there was a fork which had a micropub media endpoint, or just a media endpoint, I think it is. Um, and so I added that with a gist uh, from, or is it a gist? No, it's a gist, um, which I found on GitHub, uh, which Aaron wrote, actually, which was really useful. Again, made a few minor tweaks so that the images get uploaded where I wanted them to. And that has made my website... Um, really easy to use because I use the microblog app to post anything to my microblog which goes on to rosemaryrochard.com slash microblog and uh, then I I uh, do everything else uh, via the command line basically to upload via, to my regular blog posts but I'm considering splitting that out so that I can actually post to either my blog or my microblog slash social feed um, with uh with something like the microblog app because or ecro because those are really really useful and it's nice to just be able to post without having to think about headers and you know ssh keys oh definitely so grav is a um static site generator then for your cms yeah so it's made up of a series of um well it's php in the back end and then you have um Markdown files. Um, so you have a folder for each post, which becomes the name of the folder becomes the slug uh, where the post is. So for people going, what's a slug? That's the part that you see in the URL. So for example, everything on my blog goes to rosemaryosha.com slash blog slash something or other. So for example, the URL for this post will probably actually, that'll be under elsewhere. But um, yes, so that would be like my URL is and the episode number. Um, and that would be the slug. And then um, you, the actual 
blog post or whatever it is that you're posting goes in something, in my case, it will be blogpost.md and blog post is the name of the HTML template that it's supposed to take um, to to make it look pretty. And uh, that's that's quite easy to use actually. And it's very easy to manipulate things to work into that format. But uh, yeah, it's a flat file. There's no databases involved at all, which is quite nice. As somebody who works with databases all day, it's good to take a break. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that um, my goal with my website has to been avoid databases as much as possible. So right now it has no database on um, in my CMS and I'm probably going to add one, but it's basically just going to do like um, caching. So it's just mm-hmm. going to analyze and then hold a cache because um, database maintenance is not fun. Yes. I mean, it all depends on how it's set up, of course. If it's set up well in the first place, then it's very easy to do. Um, But in my case, my blog is very small. It doesn't need a database to keep track of the files. And I can actually uh, put a number and then a a full stop and then the the slug of the URL just to sort all the files and that number won't be shown um, in the path to the blog post. So that basically, in my case, at the very least, eliminates the need for a database, at least right now. Awesome. Is there anything else you've been thinking about adding to your website or um, are you pretty content with the content you put on it? Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, In general, I'm actually planning on splitting my my, uh, social feed, which is currently under slash uh, microblog, um, out to a separate subdomain um, just because that's lots more experimental and I like to play around with things, but at the same time, uh, I take the blog part of my site fairly seriously. I should post more frequently though. Um, and so uh, I, I'm not so willing to break that. So actually my goal before I attend IndieWebCamp in Nuremberg is to split that out onto a separate subdomain so I can go crazy online as well as on my local copy um, as I see fit, which uh, I think will be a nice benefit as well. Yeah, that's a, a great idea. Um, I have everything kind of just forced into mine, but if I break mine, nothing really matters. So um, no, I think that definitely allows for more experimentation by breaking those pieces apart. Yeah. And it also means that if I want to, I could have a different template more easily. I mean, it's theoretically, of course, I could install a different template on on one uh, area of my blog that works, but it just feels like it's uh, better to do it on a subdomain, at least for me. That's the way I see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you run into any challenges or problems recently that you'd like help with from the interweb community? I still don't know how to edit the wiki. I need a guide on the wiki on how to edit the wiki. I'm very <laughs> sure there is one there and I just haven't found it yet. But yes, I apologize profusely if you've looked at me editing the wiki and gone, what on earth is she doing? The answer is, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to add my name to stuff that I'm interested in attending or that I am attending. <laughs> So I guess I, I, I'm going to need to get some help on that for soon. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, no, I think that's a stage everyone goes through with the wiki is really like you get signed in, you start putting yourself, you know, like your names, places on technologies you use or events you're interested in um, and so on and so forth. And then over time, then you're like, oh, let me add a definition for this or a definition for that. Um, and the great thing is because it is a wiki, like, you know, um, you can just kind of do whatever and then people can come in and help fix it or tweak it. Um, that's one thing that when I first got involved, I remember 
like not wanting to do wiki edits because I thought, well, one sentence isn't going to do very good. Like I need screenshots of this and like nice prose over here. (laughs) And they said, if you just put a thought in there, someone else can come through and develop the thought more. But as long as the thought's captured, that's the key. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like getting things done for people who are familiar with that particular uh, task management thought process. You, you capture everything and then you can you can make it better later, but if it if you haven't captured it then nobody knows about it and maybe that's the wonderful idea that somebody was looking for and they haven't yet managed to put into words, but now they can see it in words, they can expand on it for you. Yeah, that's actually a great analogy. I don't think I've ever um heard someone compare the wiki in that way, but it actually is, is very good. It actually kind of changes the way I think about it because um, I really enjoy OmniFocus and getting things done and all that stuff too. So um, it helps to kind of think of it that way. Like, let me just get the inbox item out there. Let me get the thought down and then we can develop it more. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, development is what makes it really good. Capturing the idea, though, is the start. And if you don't have a start, you'll never have an end. <laughs> There you go. Obviously, you do the Automators podcast, as we mentioned, and um, you really enjoy automation and um, task management and stuff. Have you explored any kind of automation with your website? So I am a big user of Drafts, which is an iOS and soon to be coming to the Mac application, uh, where basically you put text. Um, But Drafts on iOS has got these great actions, and so I've programmed several of them so I can generate the YAML headers, which I need on uh, Grav and they're very similar to the ones used on Jekyll and I believe Hugo as well. Um, And then I have a shortcut shortcut, which is the fabulous new app that was demoed at WWDC that I can send any of my blog posts to and it will upload them via SSH to my blog, um, which is great fun. But I then adapted it, of course, so that I can post thoughts to my microblog, which is hosted on my own website, and of course to Mastodon at the same time. And uh, I have microblog then posted to Twitter for me just because... You know, I want to give Man some money. He's the one that introduced me to IndieWeb, so it seems like a, a good idea. And uh, that's that's definitely something. It was surprisingly easy to automate, actually. And that was one of the things that attracted me to IndieWeb. You know, um, a micropub endpoint can easily add an API to uh, a website that wouldn't necessarily otherwise have it and allow me to post from something like drafts without thinking. Yeah, definitely. Micropub, it really helps allow a lot of um, automation and just different things with your website. Like, for example, I have you know, my website, but I also have a website that I created to chronicle the uh, my son's life who was born like two months ago. Aww. Yeah. So when I post, I'm able to do what's called a syndication target, mm-hmm. which basically says syndicate this out somewhere else. And so I have a syndication target for my son's website. So if it's a photo of him or something that we're doing with him. I can just tap on syndicate to Luke's site and I get a copy on my website and it posts a copy on his website. So it's pretty cool as these things get developed deeper, what you can do with them and everything. Mm, I'm going to have to look at that because I was trying to figure out the difference between syndication and uh, destination, MP destination, which is another header that I've been reading about on the Indie Web Wiki and trying to decide which one I should be implementing in the Micropub endpoint that I'm writing for myself. Gotcha. Um, probably both. <laughs> probably both. <laughs> Just implement everything. <laughs> there you go. I think the it's best viewed as destination is something you completely control. Syndication is something that um, you don't. Uh-huh. Although, so it's, it's kind of weird that I 
do syndication for my son's site, but because it's a different entity, uh, since he's his own human being, then I decide to syndicate. Silly, children are their own humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I guess if you had two websites for you... Well, I'm thinking like I have my blog and I have like the microblog part, which is my social feed. You know, how do I specify which one of those it wants to go to? I'm thinking the destination is the right one there. Exactly. Yeah. Because actually behind the scenes, destination got created because Manton wanted to be able to designate if you have multiple micro.blog accounts, which one are you posting to? So that's actually where the destination got added. Yeah. Um, and now Aaron Preckie's used it for some stuff and everything. So it's starting to develop more. But yeah, so I think posting between your micro.blog um, site domain and your primary site is a great use for it. Wonderful. I will be implementing that as spoken then. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Rose. And if the listeners want to continue listening to you on other podcasts or follow you across the internet, um, how can they listen and follow you? Uh, well, if you want to listen to me regularly, then Automators is the best place, though. I've been popping up on podcasts all over the place. And of course, those are all linked on my blog as well. Um, I am Rosemary Orchard on vast majority of social media or social media-like things, which includes microblog, of course. Uh, Twitter, which is a copy of my microblog, essentially. So if you don't want duplicates, don't follow me there. And Mastodon, which is also basically a duplicate of my microblog um, with the way that I have it set up. So that's probably the easiest place. But if you look on my rosemaryorchard.com website, then uh, you can see on the contact page all of the different places that you can follow me. So if you're lazy and just want to tap, then please just go there and you will find everything. And I will be updating that to include my Mastodon account later today. Well, thanks for joining us. Do you have anything else you want to say before we go? Well, thank you for having me. It was lovely to finally get to properly talk to you. Yeah, it was fun. Until next time, join the Indie Web in person at Homebrew Website Club happening October 17th in the following cities. Nuremberg, New York City, San Francisco, Seattle, as well as online in the U.S. time zones. Also, if you're in the area of Nuremberg, Germany, you can join us at Indie Web Camp Nuremberg, happening this Saturday and Sunday, October 20th through 21st. It's free to register, so join us at IndieWeb.org forward slash events. Until then, join us in the Indie Web chat. And have a great day. Bye-bye. Next episode on My URL is... Hi, my name is Greg, and my URL is jgregorymcberry.com. It was really my drive as a teacher and wanting to teach these technology skills to my students. The little things, like the mobile things, like doing the check-ins and the RSVPs, and just being able to post in replies, that's phenomenal.